You are now listening to the Motown Sports Talk Podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Jimmy. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today is Monday, August 3rd, 2020, and we've got a lot to talk about today. And it seems as though every time we end up finishing recording, there's always some big news that comes out immediately after as I'm editing it. So just so everybody knows, we also did an interview with Jim of the Detroit Sports Room. He got to come on to our show this time and we got to know him a little bit, got to know a little bit about his past, how he got to where he is today. So again, I just uploaded that yesterday. If you haven't checked that out yet, be sure to check it out. First up today, we're actually going to be talking about my previous article from last week for the sideline report. I took a look at Braden Combs, and he is the new special teams coordinator for the Lions, if anyone wasn't aware. And I talked about how he can potentially improve the Lions special teams, even though, honestly, they haven't really had a problem on special teams the last few years. But the problem this year is we're not sure who's going to be returning, and we're not even sure who's going to be punting as of yet, especially with Arian Sippos um, currently on the quarantine list. So You know, when we had Sam Martin back there for so many years, people just kind of forget how important it is to have a good punter and they kind of take special teams for granted. So I guess what were your thoughts on the article and basically like the special teams as a whole right now, Jimmy? Yeah, this was a very informative article because I came into it really knowing nothing about Braden Coombs. The most fascinating thing about the article was that Cincinnati was ranked first in special teams DVOA last year. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good sign. Hopefully he can bring over some of that success that they had in Cincy. Yeah. Like I said, but what do you think about the whole punter situation? Especially, I think we only have two punters on the roster, both of them being, I think, undrafted free agents and with one of them currently being on quarantine. So we can't even play him or test him out. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a little concerning. Uh, I have no problem with us getting rid of Sam Martin because he was making too much for how good he was. He really dropped off in his play after he kicked that conch shell. <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping that they would draft a punter in the draft this year in the sixth round or something, but another team beat us to it. They got Braden Mann, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. And now we're left with a bunch of guys I have no idea about. Yeah, this brings back the horrors. Uh, I can't remember. What was it? 2000. 13 14 when jason hansen retired it's probably before that 2012 when he retired and we brought in so many different kickers for the first three to four games yeah we had nate freeze uh, <laughs> you know we had drafted a kicker in the sixth round mm-hmm. we were just going through kickers every game and they were all just shanking until finally we brought in matt prater i think it was 2012 or 2013 i can't remember correctly but yeah it just brings back those bad memories and i'm hoping we're not in that type of just punter cycle for the first few games where we're just shanking punts every game because if we keep giving up bad field position to every team on every punt then we're just gonna be losing games automatically yeah you're right field position absolutely matters the question is how much of a difference is there in field position between a top third punter and a bottom third punter uh, is it really worth that much is it worth paying that much money to a punter these are sort of statistical analytical questions that could be delved into yeah exactly we'll move on and we've actually got a lot of COVID top topics to discuss today as possibly the biggest name in the nfl has tested positive during training camp that being lions quarterback matthew stafford it, it is now confirmed that he tested positive. I'm not sure how it got out, how it was leaked, but he did test positive and is currently asymptomatic, which I believe he will be on quarantine list for at least a minimum of 10 days before he has to have two negative tests. Is it correct, Jimmy? 
asymptomatic, it can be five days minimum. All right. So just hopefully a little bit shorter time he's out. But a lot of people are freaking out and assuming that he might possibly opt out, which speaking of which the deadline was supposed to be today for players to decide to opt out, but it's actually been moved back. It was rumored that it might be this Wednesday, but it's still unconfirmed what day it will be. So I guess, Jimmy, just what were your initial thoughts when you heard that Stafford tested positive? I think this is a good sign for the season, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, if he's going to get it anyway, which there's a decent chance he would, you'd rather him get it early on the season yep. where he has a chance to recover, hopefully build up some immunity so he can get through the season without having positive tests. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a question that a lot of people have. Can a player test positive again? Yes, you can. However, hopefully the body will clear the virus more quickly if it has some antibodies, some immunity, mm-hmm. and thus subsequent tests would be negative as soon as possible or hopefully negative before you even get to that next testing cycle. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, we've mentioned plenty of times on the show that we're hopefully, hopefully the players get it early in the season, which as of right now, I'm pretty sure the Lions still have the highest number of players on the quarantine list as of right now. I might be wrong, but... Yeah, there are only two guys who are confirmed positive, Stafford and Justin Coleman. We have Galladay, Hawkinson, Nada, Oruwarie, Jalen Elliott, who's a safety, and then the punter you mentioned earlier, Aaron Sipos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, it's not confirmed if any of those have it and how long they're going to be out for. Again, it all depends on their tests because, again, even if Stafford comes back in five days and tests positive, he's out for, what, another minimum five days? Or is it the longer if he continues to test positive? Yeah, if you're testing positive, it restarts the cycle. It restarts the countdown. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's 15 days of strength and conditioning acclimation period, which the NFL and LFOPA agreed to. So there's plenty of time before even the first practice starts, which is day 16. The first padded practice is day 21. So testing positive right now, being on the COVID list right now is really not any major concern. All right. So you don't really think it's going to have any effect on their training again up for the upcoming season? It depends on how good of shape they were keeping in during the off season. Yeah. We saw Stafford post some videos throughout the off season. He's working out, he's staying in shape and these guys are pro athletes. You would hope good character pro athletes are going to keep themselves in shape. Mm-hmm. If they're in shape, then this missing a few days of the strength and conditioning period should not affect them at all. Yeah, exactly. And again, even if they are tested positive, hopefully they're still training and they're hopefully I'm assuming the coach is still sending them some type of workout or some type of training plan to do while they're away from the team or wherever they're quarantining at. So, yeah, that's a good point. They can still do strength and conditioning at their home Mm -hmm. and they can still study the scheme, study the playbook at home. Exactly. So that's going to bring us into the next topic, which is actually we've had a couple of lines players opt out. And that being defensive tackle John Atkins and wide receiver Geronimo Allison. Both were kind of, I wouldn't say fringe players, but they both had a possibility of not even making the team. And with those moves, we also have that defensive end Austin Bryant was placed on active PUP and Romeo Quora was placed on active NFI. So another roster move the Lions brought in defensive tackle Dalen Mack from the Baltimore's waivers to kind of supplement the loss of so many defensive linemen. Also with you and me have talked about Austin Bryant possibly having a big role this year a lot like 
lot of that. So with John Atkins being out and Austin Bryan being placed on PUP again, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's very disappointing to hear that Austin Bryant is on PUP this year. Mm-hmm. He started on PUP last year, mm-hmm. possibly due to a lingering peck injury he had in college. Yeah. He ended up playing 12% of defensive snaps last year. The fact that he's starting on PUP again this year, very disappointing. We don't know why he's starting on PUP, what's going on, but that's not good news for him. Yeah. So that brings up the next question. Do you think that Dalen Mack can actually make the team and might be a type of sufficient replacement for either Austin Bryant or John Atkins? Yeah, I'm not expecting a whole lot from any player that's claimed on waivers at this point. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about John Atkins. Uh, He has a one-year $675,000 contract remaining. Mm-hmm. losing him doesn't seem like it would be a big deal, but if you start looking at the numbers, it might actually be a bigger deal than we think. He played 35% of defensive lineman numbers last year, which is fifth on the team behind Flowers, Okwara, Aishon, and Snacks. Mm. Now, Aishon and Snacks are gone. Mm. Okwara, as you mentioned earlier, is on NFI for an unknown reason. We don't know if that's going to persist into the season or be an issue of the season or not. So all we have left is Flowers from yep. last year in the top five. Now, who are we hoping can pick up the slack? Definitely hope that Deshaun Han can significantly increase his playing time. He yep. only played 10% of defensive snaps last year. Han has had elbow, ankle, and knee injuries the past couple of years, so there's injury concern there. In free agency, we got Danny Shelton and Nick Williams. And as we just mentioned, Austin Bryant who we're hoping could play some this year is again on PUP. Mm-hmm. Very disappointing. As far as our draft picks, we didn't delve into the big defensive lineman until the sixth round with Penasini and the seventh round with, with Jay Sean Cornell. Mm-hmm. So we're looking a little thin right now with Atkins, Bryant, Okwara, all this recent news in the past week. Yeah, especially with defensive line being such a weakness last year. It's very tough to see us going into the season with the exact same problem we had last year. Yeah, I agree. That's concerning. Defensive line is where we need guys to be able to get to the quarterback and stop the run. Mm -hmm. And that brings up another question. I know we've talked about this in multiple episodes, but do you think it's a possibility that the Lions bring back Mike Daniels at this point because he's still a free agent and, again, struggling right now to stay healthy. You're right. That's a good point. They might be thinking about that right now. They know about his medical history more than anybody. Mm -hmm. He had a foot injury even coming into last year, which is why Green Bay dumped him. Yeah. Ended up having big-time injury issues last year. Signed him for what, in retrospect, was way too much money. So... It really depends on his medical report as well as how much he's expecting to get paid this year. Yeah, I do follow him for what it's worth. I do follow him on Instagram and he posts a lot of workouts at Twitch. Again, I'm not an NFL player, so I don't know. They seem like very intense workouts to me and his foot seems to be healthy from what I can see. Again, I'm not an NFL doctor, but I do think it is definitely worth taking a look at him. Again, he knows the system already. He likes Matt Patricia as a head coach, which is a huge thing because a lot of people claim to not like him. So I do think that he might be a good addition, even if it's for a veteran minimum or just one or two million dollars. I think he might be a great addition just to plug and play to take up even like you said, even he plays 25, 30 percent of the snaps that maybe could cover some of those John Atkins snaps that we lost. Yeah, veteran minimum sounds like a good price to pay for him, but we probably want to wait until the opt out deadline is over before. 
before we actually give him that contract. Yeah, you're right. We should wait and see how many players actually decide to opt out for the season. Yeah, so the other guy that opted out, Geronimo Allison, yeah. that you mentioned. So he's 26 years old, fairly young guy, but he signed for only one year, $1 million. He got $137,000 to sign. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Atkins or Allison were standard opt-outs, which gives them a $150,000 salary advance, or whether they were high-risk opt-outs, which gives them $350,000 in basically bonus-free money and mm-hmm. is not a salary advance. So Geronimo Allison was a guy who had a decent chance of not making the team. Yeah. So him getting $150,000 or $350,000 to basically not play at all and not take the risk of getting cut actually seems like a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. And as far as the $150,000 being a salary advance, well, good luck NFL trying to get that money back if he never earns any more salary in the NFL again. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It's a really complicated situation, and that's what I think the NFL is trying to figure out right now because a lot of players are either using this opt-out as leverage or that a lot of fringe players who weren't even going to make the team are opting out just so they know they can get some type of paycheck for this upcoming season. Exactly, yep. And again, speaking about opt-outs, we'll move on and talk about how many players have actually opted out in total in the NFL. And right now, there is a total of 40 players, that includes the two from the Lions, that have opted out. Again, that was as of this morning, I think. I don't know if anyone else has opted out. Yeah, I just checked it a few minutes ago. It's actually up to 44 players. Okay, so yes, we've had four more players opt out, so I'm not exactly sure. But again, as of when I checked it, that the Patriots had the highest number. I'm assuming they still did, because I think the Cowboys were the next closest with only three players that have opted out. So yeah, the Patriots have a total of I don't know if I said about eight players again that have opted out. And if I'm being honest, I thought in total there would be more players that have opted out. 40, 44 is kind of a big number, but and that can continue to grow. We could see possibly 100 players grow. But honestly, I thought that there would be more players opting out of the season than there is. So I guess just with a lot of teams, they're pretty comfortable with the safety precautions that the teams have placed in. Like, I don't know if you saw this morning, Jimmy, but um, Odell Beckham supposedly did an interview a couple of weeks ago and was claiming that the NFL should cancel and all this. And then he came out immediately after that and said that that was recorded weeks ago and he's not going to opt out after he saw how safe the Browns facility was. So I guess... What are your opinions on how many players have opted out in total? All right, so let's take a look at the numbers. First of all, 44 players have opted out to date. Uh, Assuming there's about 80 players per roster. Now, keep in mind, the undrafted rookies are not allowed to opt out Mm. and get any salary advance. So approximately 80 times 32 equals 2560. So it's about 1.7% of guys have opted out so far. And they don't even have to make a decision for a few days as far mm-hmm. as opting out. Now, you said you feel like you expected more players to opt out. I actually f- felt like there would be a lot fewer players opting mm-hmm. out. So I'm interested in your thoughts about why you felt like there would have been more players opting out. I just thought with the way the MLB has been going with their numbers have been increasing so much that a lot of players would end up be getting scared at the last minute and try to opt out right before the deadline. That was my opinion. But like I said, I guess just with a lot of players seeing how the teams have taken this and how seriously they are. Like I know the Lions have released pictures of their 
training facility right now and all the plexiglass and everything that they put up, all the safety measures they have in place to try and make sure that their players are social distancing or just keeping stuff in between them. So that was my initial reaction. But like I said, and we, and we still have a few days. There could still be a lot more. But So I expected a lot fewer guys to opt out. Mm-hmm. A couple of reasons. First of all, the financial incentive to opt out is fairly low, I thought, with either one hundred fifty or 350000 mm-hmm. And the 150 is only a salary advance. So that might not even be any real bonus money. Yeah. The second reason is these guys are our NFL athletes who are used to taking risks with their bodies, pretty high risks with their bodies. And COVID does not seem to be a high risk for young, healthy people. Mm-hmm. So those are two main reasons why I didn't expect NFL guys to be opting out that much. And if the number doesn't go beyond much for, beyond 44 much that's only less less than two percent so that that would still be a fairly low number but again if we see a huge surge at the deadline that would be surprising i do agree with you that the financial aspect of it that they only get certain such a low amount of money that's why i honestly thought that i'd see a lot more of the bigger name players who have already made big contracts or made their money in their careers would be opting out but honestly some of the only biggest names that have opted out right now would be the chiefs running back damian williams eagles wide receiver marquise goodwin jets linebacker cj mosley and the vikings defensive tackle michael pierce which actually might be good news for the lions this upcoming season yeah so i would want to ask the players who are opting out some honest questions and get some honest feedback of why you are you guys opting out because maybe there's some misunderstanding or misinformation on their parts or maybe there's something they're not telling us mm-hmm. so i got four questions i want to ask them one is do you believe you are unlikely to make a team or are you planning to retire in the next one to two years mm-hmm. if the answer is yes i totally understand the logic of opting out which is take the money and run mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL is not going to be able to get that 150000 back from you next year because you're going to hire a lawyer who's going to say the money's gone or whatever, and they're not getting it back. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad deal to take this free money, not have to work at all if you're not going to make a team or going to retire anyway. Mm-hmm. Second question is, are there family issues that are concerning you? The main concern for me, if I'm an NFL player, would be if I'm in contact with an elderly or a high risk relative or friend. And I just can't stay away from them for five or six months. Yeah. I'm not that concerned about my young wife, my young girlfriend or both, uh, or my young kids who might get it. The risk seems very low for people under the age of 50 or 60. Third question I have is, do the players feel like the risks of COVID related health issues is high? higher than, say, me as a doctor feel it is. Personally, I don't think it's that high of a risk, but there's a wide variance in how people view the seriousness of COVID. You have Deshaun Han, who recently shared a video about COVID being a hoax. You have other players who feel like COVID is being planted to get them and to wipe them off the planet. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge variance. Maybe some of these players who are opting out feel like COVID is a very serious, severe issue. The fourth question is, are they aware that there's no guarantee that they're going to be on a team or even in the NFL in the future? Mm -hmm. You can get cut before next season starts. You're a year older, which means you have less value. The team may have found a replacement for you in the meantime. Mm. And you also have a stigma of possibly not willing to take on the risks of football. If you're a guy who's afraid of COVID, 
this creates a stigma that you're not all in on putting your body on the line. Mm -hmm. So going forward next year, we got COVID-19 this year. There could be COVID-20 next year, and there could be another COVID opt-out option next season. Mm -hmm. So if you already opted out this year, teams are going to be very reluctant to sign you or have you on their roster going into next year. Yeah. And that was one of the re- main reasons that I thought players wouldn't opt out because out of all the sports, football is the one where you have the shortest prime in your career. You can basketball and baseball, even sometimes hockey players can play for five, 10 years in their so-called prime. Like look at best example of Ron James is what 36, 37, something. And he's still playing like an all-star athlete. And so one of the top five players in the NBA. So it's like, in the NFL, you're not going to be one of the top five in your position at all if you're 36, 35 years old. So it's like those years are very more important in the NFL as opposed to any other sport, really. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. Look at hockey. They put very little strain on their knees because they're skating instead of pounding, jumping, running. Yep. You saw Steve Eisman play for 20 years. Hockey players can play a long time. Yeah, they play into their 40s, too, and are still very effective, too. So one question I have regarding these opt-outs is, how does it affect our possible extensions of Galladay or Decker? I think these opt-outs, if Bob Quinn is studying them, should change the way we structure Galladay and Decker's extensions. You brought up C.J. Mosley, so I want to talk about the case of C.J. Mosley. He's probably the best player, the guy who's making the most money who's opted out so far Mm -hmm. in march of 2019 he signed a five-year 85 million dollar contract with a 7.5 million dollar signing bonus a 10.5 million dollar roster bonus last year as well as a one million dollar salary this year he got a 10 million dollar roster bonus in march so far he's made 29 million dollars to play one year of football currently he's 28 years old He's opting out, so he's going to be 29 at the start of next season. This is looking like a horrible contract for the Jets at this point. (laughs) He may not be the same player next year at 29, having taken a full year off. He may end up quitting or retiring or just being a mediocre player at this point. Mm -hmm. So as far as the Lions are concerned, because there could be COVID opt-outs in the 2021 season, the Lions need to be careful about giving too much money up front in the way of signing bonuses and roster bonuses, a la what the Jets did with C.J. Mosley. Mm-hmm. It's much safer for teams to give the majority of their money as salary, which is not going to be given to them in case of an opt-out. Yeah, exactly. So they actually have to earn their money as opposed to looking through loopholes in their contract to try and get signing bonuses or whatever, roster bonuses, whatever so be. Yeah. So my, my last question for you about the whole COVID thing is like, so what are your thoughts on the NFL actually moving the opt-out date back or pushing it back? I know it was kind of, was it more of a push from players? I know I saw a lot of players being kind of vocal about it or, and I also saw players criticizing the NFL for pushing the date back. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. The original agreement was it was going to be a seven days from the time they sign the new CBA. Well, the CBA was agreed to about seven days ago already, mm-hmm. but there's been some legal issues. They're trying to figure out some language. So it hasn't actually been signed. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you keep pushing it further and further out, it starts getting into training camp. So the NFL wants to move it less than the seven day period. And hopefully 
have the deadline sometime this week, ideally within the next couple of days or so, since really the CBA has already been agreed to. And players who are having an issue with this, I don't really see their perspective. I don't, I don't agree with their standpoint. They've had more than a week to review the CBA, talk with their agent about whether they should opt out or not. And it should not be an issue for them to make a decision within the next two, three days. Exactly. So we'll move on. And just a little tad bit of Lions news. Just last week, Jerron Curse was actually suspended the first three games of the season due to substance abuse, which again, I believe this was a prior thing he tested. I think a while ago, this is not like a recent test with the Lions or anything. So did you have any opinions on this at all, Jimmy? Yeah, he's a safety we signed from, as a free agent from Minnesota, mm-hmm. his contract was one year, $2 million, which suggests he's going to be a backup at best. He's not at that price. We're not expecting to be a starter. Right. As a point of comparison, Duran Harmon, who we traded a seventh rounder for is making $4.5 million this year. Now here's where the suspension can potentially actually benefit the team. This is a quirk of the NFL suspension policy. Now, because he's suspended, he doesn't count against the active roster. This means we're able to stash him for the first three weeks of the season without taking up a roster spot. Mm-hmm. Injuries are usually more of a problem the further you get into the season. So having him take three weeks off at the beginning of the season when he might have barely played anyway because he's a backup, mm-hmm. this is actually beneficial to us. It doesn't really hurt us at all. Yeah, I agree. Especially once you get to that fourth week, that's something I kind of look at in fantasy too, is I don't, this is, I know this kind of off topic, but I don't draft two quarterbacks in the initial draft because of that reason. I wait the first four weeks because there's going to be injuries and there's going to be people either dropping or picking up and all that stuff. So I always look at that and I try to pick up a, maybe a backup of a starter that got injured or something like that. But so it's, necessarily the same thing you're just kind of keeping them stash hoping that maybe one of your safeties it doesn't either get hurt or is actually playing up to their potential in their contract so that way you don't have to bench them and possibly put in on curse or something like that so yeah that's something again i never even thought of that a really good loophole the suspension like you said yeah any little loophole we can take to basically artificially increase our roster size is a good thing in this covid year where 71 guys may not be enough exactly now, one, one interesting thing about the COVID issue is in a typical year, a player under suspension is allowed to practice during the offseason and the preseason. Mm-hmm. Once the regular season starts, they're not actually allowed to be around team facilities. I don't know if that rule is going to change due to COVID or not. Uh, I'm assuming the player is still going to be tested regular, regularly during the regular season to make sure he's negative and ready to come back after three weeks but they might want to consider changing the rule to allow the player to still be around the facilities and being taken care of by the team. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be real interesting to see how they work around that rule and if they're trying to just make sure that they can keep up on the players. Because again, if he's suspended for three weeks and away from the team for three weeks, is he more than likely not just staying home, sitting there for three weeks, he's out doing stuff and possibly exposing himself to other illness. So probably better to keep suspended players at the team facility again, but we'll see how the NFL plays it out this year. So, and then next up, last thing, our last topic for the day, um, Bob Quinn recently did a press conference last week where he pretty much laid out how the team's going to be working through all this and some of the precautions that he's taken so far. And we always say that they don't really get too much from these type of conferences. They just kind of come out, answer some questions, and just give some 
you know, just basic answers. But was there anything that really stood out to you that he said or anything that you took away from his press conference? Yeah, what stood out was the amazing attention to detail that the team has undergone regarding COVID. Mm -hmm. For example, they changed the drink coolers from ones that you have to have a door with a handle to grab to an open air cooler so you can just reach in and grab a drink. Nice. They have these contact tracing bracelets, which alerts you if you get too close to a higher risk person. That's an amazing technology there. <laughs> they have a new phone app they developed allowing you to order food to be delivered to you instead of having a buffet or cafeteria style. So it, it was really interesting to listen to Bob Quinn discuss all that. And Tori Petrie actually had a podcast this week as well, talking with Rod Wood and Matt Barnes, who was in charge of the IDER for the Lions, mm -hmm. discussing more of that as well. Now, as far as NFL-related issues with Bob Quinn's presser, he talked about how there's going to be no free agent tryouts currently. So it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL handles street free agents during the season. If a team has a massive outbreak and they need to bring guys off the street, in previous years, you could just bring a guy off the street and he could be playing the next day in right. a real NFL game. <laughs> this year, what are they going to do about that? Are guy, street free agents going to have to go through a multi-day quarantine and testing procedure before they can even be with the team? Mm -hmm. If they are, then the roster, which is currently at 71, which includes the practice squad, maybe that's not even enough. Hopefully it's enough because if you get an outbreak within a few days of a game, there's not going to be enough time to bring in anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, again, it's going to be real interesting to see how they work that practice squad. Cause as we mentioned before, that's kind of how they're going to be working the practice squad, but that's the thing there. You can bring them up immediately from the practice squad, but if they're already there, they're being tested. They're being they're already under, like you said, if you're bringing someone, signing someone off the street, then we're not really sure how it's going to play out at all. If they have, like you said, if they're going to be quarantined or what the team's going to do to take precautions to protect the rest of the team. So, yeah, this these practice squad guys are going to be really important this year. One thing I was thinking about the practice squad is do we want to keep an extra punter, an extra kicker? We talked about this earlier with the punter and kicker. Yeah. If we lose our starting punter, if we lose Prater, <laughs> we might want to have a kicker on the practice squad just to bring up. So we're not having to be without a kicker for a week or two. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the weird, just the idea of have hopefully or possibly keeping a quarantine kicker, punter, quarterback, just some of those important positions. Cause like you said, yeah, as I mentioned earlier that those horrible few years ago where we went through kicker after kicker, it's just, it's terrible to see if you don't have a decent kicker, the entire game we've lost again, we've mentioned what this entire last year we lost by only a touchdown or so. And how many, We've seen what those simple just three points can make a huge change in a game. So Yeah, yeah, kicker matters. And mm -hmm. long snapper matters too. Mm -hmm. If we lose Mubach, we could have some uh, fumbled snaps and some bad snaps this year if he's out for two to three weeks. Again, as I mentioned it earlier, special teams is such an overlooked thing because when it's going fine, no one cares. Again, we've had Don Mulbach back there for so long. We've had Matt Prater for the last few years, so people just forget what it was like to not and not have a good kicker. And again, with Sam Martin, again, he kind of dropped off, but still, he was he was a solid option at punter. He was probably one of the top ten for the last few years still, and he just you just kind of get used to having him there now that we don't even know 
what's going to happen. It's going to be real crazy to see if one of, like you said, Don Mulbeck or the punter or Matt Prater catches corn, gets uh, COVID. They're out for a week or a game, whatever. It's it's going to be real crazy. I remember what year was it? We had Nate and Dominic and Sue kick a field goal. Oh. Oh, he almost made it too. Yeah, I yeah, it could, it could look like that this year. That was his rookie have, year. Yeah, we could have defensive tackles out there kicking field goals for us. That, so. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, this ties back nicely to the Braden Coombs article you wrote. Mm. Braden Coombs is going to have to talk with Matt Patricia and come up with a strategy for this. What happens if they lose one of these unique specialists who mm-hmm. teams typically don't keep a backup for? Yeah, exactly. Do we really need a backup long snapper? But who knows this year, we might possibly have to. It's going to be real interesting to see. And again, maybe they are going to increase the practice squad size to accommodate maybe, again, just for those certain positions, maybe they'll add just like certain position practice squad things like an extra quarterback, an extra punter or something. Maybe they might adjust the rules like that. Who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a real crazy year. This is obviously new for everyone in GMs, coaches. Everyone's never been through this. So everyone's just got to kind of take it as it goes. And so it looks like that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in and we'll see you again next time.